An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. I give you Super Train! Episode 422. Submission 2444. The ESPN Halloween Derby. The ESPN Halloween Derby occurred at halftime of a Monday night football game between New England and Minnesota on the night of October 30th, 2006. Well, Mike, you like mascots, right? Who doesn't like mascots? Oh, we all love mascots here, and it was the thing on TV. You know, we all love Gritty at this podcast. We all think he's like the best. Gritty, um, we love the Philly Fanatic. Mr. Met, obviously. Absolutely, Mr. Metz. Uh, I think some of us have a certain love for Slider. Oh, yeah. To, to a point. What's the deal with Slider? He has an origin story, but I don't know the background of the origin story. Well, you know, I have respect for one mascot in your area, Sir CC, or as his formal name, Sir Cleveland Cavalier. I know you like Sir CC. I love a buff mascot. But yeah, if you look at sports, I don't want to say any good team has a mascot. Now, obviously, there are certain teams that maybe a mascot wouldn't be necessarily appropriate for. I mean, I'm thinking like certain football teams. uh, There's not really a mascot for like, let's say, the Tennessee Titans. There's not a mascot for... I don't think the Buffalo Bills have one. No, the Jets and the Giants don't have a mascot. And even some mascots are borderline creepy. Go back to last year, uh, at least when Greg and I and Chico talked about this mascot, the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of half-human, half-Jaguar atrocity that only wore like a pair of Speedos. If even that, it might have been even more revealing than Speedos, but if you've seen that mascot, you definitely haven't unseen that mascot. But last week, we also did shit on Blooper. And deservedly so? Oh, it's a terrible mascot. For a, I don't want to say terrible team, but yeah, an antiquated team, let's say that, with an antiquated name. And an antiquated hand motion, an animated hand signal. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, it's 2023. We got to get rid of that. Don't want to sound like somebody woke, but it's like the Cleveland team came to their senses. And yeah, I know that I hear a lot of stuff from people saying, oh, they're still the Indians. They're still the Indians. It's like, no, they're the Guardians now. They dropped the Indians name in 2021. Get with the times. And actually, I got kicked from a a trading card group, a baseball card group in Cleveland, because the owner of the group or the the admin of the group said, yeah, he was something about the Cleveland Indians. And I said, 
you know, they've been called the Guardians for over two years. And not joking, within like five minutes of posting it, didn't even comment, just booted me and blocked me. And I don't want to surprise you, Greg, but I found his profile on Twitter and he's a mega boomer. Oh, what a shocker. I know. I didn't want to surprise you, but it's like uh, just when all this happens, like, okay, he's got to be a boomer. He's got to be mega. And I searched his name on Twitter. And well, I think it was Twitter at that time. It wasn't even X. Well, hold on a second. Yeah. Let me tie it into today since this is Ohio. Did he ever vote for Jim Jordan? Is he in his district? I don't know where he lived. Um, It was a Cleveland area group. And the extreme west part of the greater Cleveland area is Jim Jordan territory. Jim Jordan basically has like everything from Lorraine, which is like 25, 30 miles west of Cleveland, all the way to like Toledo and maybe even like the Indiana border. He has a huge swath in the state of Ohio. That's what gerrymandering will do. Well, that's exactly it. It's horribly gerrymandered. But at the same time, Toledo is a very blue city. Well, as you said, what they could have done is they could have gerrymandered it to pieces and parts. And, okay, this part is Republican, but the inner city of Toledo is Democrat. And actually, I think Marcy Capture, I think she is the uh, representative for Toledo. But, yeah, Jim Jordan has this amazingly huge area, uh, almost obscene how big it is. Boy, a Republican bragging about their size. I'm shocked. All right, but we're not here to talk about Cleveland area politics. No, we're here to talk about this particular episode on Monday Night Football. Now, this was brought to our attention last year on YouTube by Jaguar Gator 9 on YouTube. He did a video about this whole thing, and we were fascinated by how this happened. So, okay. We love mascots. Now, one of the great things about mascots that they do at certain parts of stadiums is they have races. Like, the Milwaukee Brewers have had the sausage races for years. Yeah. Uh, Washington, the uh, Nationals, they have the president race. Pittsburgh has the pierogi race. And here in Cleveland, we have hot dog races. Oh, yeah. Did one of the hot dogs get demoted? It was not this year. It was last year uh, when the uh, Guardians were on a road trip. They demoted, oh, I want to say mustard because ketchup always wins. And I hate that jackass. And onion wins occasionally. I think because they don't want it to look like they're being sort of misogynistic because Onion is female. So Mustard got demoted to Lake County for a series. And then they brought him back when the Guardians returned, coincidentally. Has he won any races since he got demoted? He won the last race at the last home game in 2022. Oh, good for him. I can't speak for anything in 2023, because I didn't go to any games in 2023, and they don't show it on TV. But he did win the last race of 2022, so he did get a little bit of very silent victory there. Okay, that's good. All right. So, let's go back in time. It's 2006. 
It's a Monday night game on October 30th, the night before Halloween between New England and Minnesota. And this is the first year of Monday night football on ESPN. Because remember, it was on ABC forever and ever, and then they switched to ESPN when NBC got Sunday night football and ABC was like, we don't want to have our time wasted on Monday nights anymore. Which really is funny because now in 2023, ABC's like, well, we got no programming because of the strike. I guess we'll put Monday night football back on. I'm trying to remember. So the first year of Monday night football on ESPN, our commentary booth was Mike Tirico, Joe Theismann, and Tony Kornheiser. Do you remember anything about that booth, Mike? To be honest, I really didn't watch much Monday Night Football at that point. Okay. And on the studio end of things, you had Chris Bourbon with Tom Jackson, because you got to have Chris Bourbon with Tom Jackson. Oh, absolutely. It would be a crime if they weren't together. And also you had Steve Young and Michael Irvin at that time helping them out on the Monday Night Countdown show. Now, for halftime, you got to think that they had something special brewing because ESPN was teasing. We got something special lined up for this game between New England and Minnesota because we obviously know it's Halloween and we want to get the kids like interested in this game after they get bored stiff because, shocker, New England handily beat Minnesota in this game because I'm looking at the box score here. The final score was 31-7. So, Mike, what do you think is going to get the kids interested in this game at halftime to keep them interested? Well, Minnesota played New England, so clearly the kids want to see Tom Brady. No, that's the wrong answer. No kid wants to see Tom Brady outside of New England. Okay, given what we know now, yes, that's not necessarily a great answer. What else would keep kids entertained? If this was like the Nickelodeon game, say, 15 years earlier, that would entertain the kids. Yeah. Having SpongeBob and pouring slime and and Disney ripping off the whole idea with Toy Story. Oh, we're going to be talking about the Toy Story game in the year in review show. Oh, you better believe we are. I will say the one highlight, though, was that Duke Kaboom halftime show. That was the greatest halftime show of all time. But okay, Mike... I want you to get ready for this. This is what ESPN had ready for us, okay? Here we go. Well, coming up at halftime, in honor of Halloween, lucky people have been pulled from the stands. They will be in the ESPN Halloween Derby. It's Kornheiser, me, Theismann, Berman, Steve Young, Michael Irvin. Tom Jack, they did the best job on Tom. Great job. Okay. Let's describe for our audience what we're seeing on Zoom. I think they can best be described as harshly like Christmas parade floats, partially mascots like we talked about earlier, but like with really big heads. And actually, I told Greg before we started recording the one thing they kind of remind me of, and this might be a little bit of a, a deep cut, is on Takeshi's Castle slash MXC, 
occasionally you had the people who played Kenny Blankenship and Vic Romano wearing these big, like paper mache heads. I mean, these are much bigger than that, but that's what they sort of remind me of. And they've got big gaping mouths. Their mouths are all wide open, sort of smiling. The former football players are wearing helmets, but not necessarily authentic helmets. And Greg will say why. Okay, well, it makes sense for one of the guys. That's why I said most of them. Most of them, it does not make sense. But there is one that it makes sense for. Joe Theismann is wearing a single bar helmet, which makes sense because when Joe Theismann played in the NFL for Washington, he wore a single bar helmet. And I don't think there were many like position players outside of kickers that wore single bar helmets. Like the only one I can think of is maybe Don Maynard when he was with the Jets wore a single bar helmet. That's it. And Theismann. Yeah, it was primarily your special teamers that wore them. And uh, even when they made the multi-bar helmets a thing, the people who were in the league before them were grandfathered in. So if Theismann was playing till, let's say, hypothetically 2006, even though that's impossible, Theismann could have worn a single-bar helmet. But Steve Young, Michael Irvin, and Tom Jackson, they all have single-bar helmets. That does not make any sense. I'm kind of surprised that Tom Jackson didn't start in the era with the single bar helmets because he would have started mid 70s. Yeah, I would think so because he was on the Broncos like Super Bowl 21 team at the end of his career, wasn't he? He was on a bunch of decent teams for the Broncos. So I wonder how much time there was between. Tom Jackson debuting and the introduction of the standard helmet we use nowadays because Theismann, he would have started 71, I believe. So I got to figure that Tom Jackson, he probably started around 75. So uh, Wiki uh, says he was a fourth round pick by the Broncos in 73. Okay. You see, that makes it even weirder now because again, if Theismann started in 71, which I believe he did. No, he was in the CFL with Toronto and then went to Washington in 74. Okay, now this gets even weirder because, as you said, he started in 74 and Tom Jackson got drafted in 73. Isn't the single bar helmet more appropriate for Tom Jackson? Well, I, I get that in 71. He played uh, in the CFL. Uh, maybe there's just too many variables at play here. So I found something here. Do you want to describe what I just found? This must have been somewhere in the Minnesota stadium, not on the field, but in the storage areas or whatnot. And it's somebody wearing the Tom Jackson helmet running. He's got his hands up in the air, all excited. So actually, I think that tells us how big these heads were. And they're like, again, the Vic Romano, Kenny Blankenship, you know, just like paper mache head coverings. Oh, look, there's an ad for Borat. Very nice. Very oh, look. Timely. 
Oh, look, there's an ad for Circuit City. Because, Mike, Circuit City, that's going to be around forever. That's what I thought. I loved Circuit City. Oh, oh hold on a second. We're going to be back after this Circuit City commercial. Uh, Joe Theismann there. Wow. Hi there. How are you? That is Tom sweet. Joe Theismann looks like the Noid. Coming up, uh, also Chris. <laughs> I love the Tony Kornheiser one. He's just like raising his hands like, yeah. He's like raising the roof, everybody. I like how they accurately captured Tony Kornheiser's mustache right here. Oh, the mustache and the teeth look great. If only we had a run-in during this race from a Wilbon mascot. Now, you see, that would have been something. The Wilbon mascot going against the Kornheiser. I was seeing him walking on the field here. I found on Wikipedia, since we're talking about the single bar masks, they were not officially banned in professional football until 2004, with the remaining players still using them, allowed to continue wearing them under a grandfather clause, like I mentioned earlier. And the last person to wear one was Scott Player in 2009. Oh, Scott Player. That's a blast from the past. So, you know what? Technically, every single one of those mascots who played in the NFL is actually era-appropriate. I mean, yes, it looks kind of weird because you don't see single bar masks on players outside of like the seventies outside of, again, your punters and your kickers, but it wasn't made uh, illegal or, or rather I should say the cage mask wasn't the norm until 2004. Now, well, look, we got some Vikings fans in the crowd wearing some Halloween outfits. We got this one guy here in the crowd that's dressed up like Elvis. Oh, I wonder, do you think Jerry Glanville left him some tickets for this game? Get out of my head. Get out of my head. I was going to say the same thing. Jerry Glanville must have left some tickets for him. Not a love love for Jerry Glanville on this podcast. Oh, I love Jerry Glanville. We just don't mention him at all because really in the grand scheme of things, uh, from a television perspective, he did what? Three years for Fox coverage back in the mid-90s? Yeah, and I think he did like maybe one or two years at the NFL Today at CBS. Yeah, he sort of, I don't want to say slid into obscurity, but that's kind of sort of what happened. He was such a great coach, uh, definitely has great personality when he was with Atlanta. And then he got fired from Atlanta, went to Fox again for three years and then uh uh like you said he went over to uh, cbs for a couple of years and then uh he did pop up in the xfl i believe you said yeah 2020 xfl he's the defensive coordinator for the vipers in tampa bay let's have chris introduce us to this amazing event that we're about to witness hello once again everybody halloween is tomorrow the ESPN Halloween Derby, not exactly the Boston Marathon. So let's send it to Vikings radio announcer, Paul Allen. Oh, wait, they're going to have Paul Allen do the PA for this? That's terrific. Paul Allen, probably like the biggest homer announcer in the NFL. 
Paul Allen is so bad, he makes Hawk Harrelson look professional. Oh my gosh. I said it. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. That's a bold statement. Get back, Here guys. it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Touch! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. He's so bad he makes Jack Edwards from the Boston Bruins look like a total pro. Dang. I I hate Jack Edwards. He's the biggest prick I've ever heard announced. I hated him even back when he was on SportsCenter. Oh, that Jack Edwards. Okay. Yeah. I, I know who you're talking about now. Okay. Oh, what a tool bag that guy is. Yeah, he looked like a tool bag when he was at ESPN back in the day. Are you petting Benoodles? No, I, I'm, I'm actually... I've got uh, 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 a chick. Uh, I'm sorry, a Chinese dinner here. I'm stirring the rice to, to 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 break it up so it's not like all hot. Oh, good. And that's your behind the veil look of the podcast this week. What is Mike doing? He's mixing up his microwaved uh, 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 orange chicken dinner. Well, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to go to Applebee's and get some half-priced apps for the folks out of town for the weekend. So, nothing like half-priced apps at Applebee's. But okay, Paul, let's introduce the competitors. Welcome to the ESPN Halloween Derby. Let's meet the contestants. The host of Monday Night Countdown, Chris Berman. Former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, Michael Irvin. Boeing. Former Denver Broncos linebacker, Tom Jackson. Monday night football commentator, Tony Kornheiser. Former Washington Redskins quarterback, Joe Theismann. The play-by-play voice of Monday Night Football, Mike (laughs) Tirico. And the Hall of Fame quarterback from the San Francisco 49ers, Steve Young. Did the Steve Young one just do the throat slash? I think he did, yes. (laughs) All the booing, though. Yeah, I get some of the booing. For Michael Irvin, yeah, he was a bit of a polarizing figure. The only person I heard applause for or cheering was Mike Tirico. Hey, Minnesota loves their Mike Tirico. Oh, yeah, all the people in Minnesota, they love Mike Tirico. They all watch Sunday Night Football for Mike Tirico. But it's so nice of the Vikings to provide their cheerleaders to show some support. Well, remember, they're in a dome now. They weren't in a dome for a while, so do you really want cheerleaders in a football environment where, again, in Minnesota, it's cold, it's snowy? You don't have a lot of cheerleaders doing that. I think Buffalo is one of the few northern teams that has cheerleaders like that. Ah, uh, the Jets have some cheerleaders. 
it's not Buffalo cold and snowy, though. Uh, yeah, you're right. But it's still Northeast. Valid point. ESPN Halloween Derby. All the racers get to the starting line. On your mark. Hold on. Hold on a second. I got a question. Do you think that if this was 2023, that Chargers fan would be cheering on all the competitors? I'm thinking. I don't think there's anybody who ever played with San Diego or uh, the Chargers, I should say, since they've been in Los Angeles for a number of years. I don't think there's anybody on national broadcast who played for the Chargers. So unless you had like uh, Steve Young in a Justin Herbert jersey, I don't think she'd be all that excited. I don't know. Maybe I think she's cheering for Berman. Before we start this race, who do you have to win this? In an ironic twist, Joe Theismann, even though he absolutely butchered his knee in Monday Night Football back in 86 or 87. Uh, Well, I'm going to go with Tariko on this. He probably learned a lot of racing from Syracuse on how to like run a race. And he's a crowd favorite. You heard the cheering for him. That's right. All right, here we go. The ESPN Halloween Derby. Get set and go. And they're racing in the Halloween oh. Derby. And Mike Tirico in silky smooth fashion comes out beautifully. But it's the Hall of Famer Steve Young taking the lead at the 30. Chris Berman is back, 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 back of the pack. He's about 10 yards from the lead. Then it's Tom Jackson, Joe Theismann, Tony Kornheiser. Come on, Mike. The fire, and the playmaker Michael Irvin's far out of it. Mike Tirico Come on, Tirico. You got Oh, my God. But he stumbled. And Steve Young has taken the lead. Tom Jackson with a late charge. But Steve Young. Hold on a second. I think the Steve Young just pulled a Shockmaster while diving in the end zone. He was channeling the spirit of Uncle Fred. I I was thinking something else because it looked like he lost his head there. And then just like after he hit the ground, he put the head back on. (laughs) That's exactly what he did. But the Mike Tarika one, he tripped. Like, I'm going to play it right now. <laughs> and all oh, typical, the Tony Kornheiser mascot, he's dead last. That's exactly what would happen if it was the real Tony Kornheiser in this race. Well, they said Michael Irvin and, and Kornheiser were in the back of the pack. But, uh, yes, uh, the uh, Tarika falling, but all... <laughs> His glasses fell off, too. Not just that, but I noticed on their first lap. Now, we should paint a picture for the audience. So what these mascots did was they started at the goal line, ran to the 50, and then ran back to the goal line. So they went 100 yards. But if you watch Tariko, he starts holding his teeth like his dentures are going to fall out. He's holding it as he runs down the... Uh, and even Steve Young there did the same thing. Holding it... And look, Chris right Bur- there! What Bur- are, Bur- they're all putting their fingers in their mouths to keep their helmets on or to make sure their teeth don't fall out. And down goes Tariko. And his glasses are way off his head. Steve Young is the Halloween Derby champion! 
And there he is, you know, putting his he- uh, helmet back on his head. Here is ESPN Monday Night Countdown co-host Steve Young. Congratulations to Rick Hoffman from St. Louis Park. And that is the Halloween <laughs> Derby. <laughs> Can we describe this dance for the listeners? That is the whitest dance I've ever seen. I mean, seriously, Steve Young, BYU product, relative of Brigham Young, that's the whitest dance I've ever seen. That must be, like, really popular in Utah. Well, remember when Zach Wilson did the gritty last year against the Steelers? Jeez. Yes. He can't just fade away to obscurity. No, Aaron Rodgers has to get injured. Well, that's not a bad thing. But, oh, my gosh. Well, in fairness, at the time we're recording the last three weeks, he has played decent. He hasn't turned the ball over. He hasn't done anything stupid. And he's got the team at three and three. Yeah. I don't know if it was mentioned on this, but did the Derby race winner get anything? I mean, his name got mentioned there as to who was under the helmet, who was the actual winner. But was there anything besides just pride being given away? Probably just pride. He should have gotten like a giant ass trophy for winning this. At least because they got fans to do this. They should have just ESPN given him like a big ass trophy or something for winning this. Oh, even better. And I'm sure ESPN could easily create this or has this in Bristol back in 2006. Just get like a mini football helmet with the ESPN logo on it and get all four of them to sign it. Because you got Chris Berman, who's probably in some sort of Hall of Fame as an announcer. And Steve Young's a Hall of Famer. Michael Irvin's a Hall of Famer. Tom Jackson, not a Hall of Famer, but a legend in Denver. That would be a cool memento. Yeah. All right, Steve has something to say. because he's The real Steve, he's got his finger up like, what the hell did I just watch? Thank you very much. Thank you always you. were a good yeah. scrambler, weren't you? Hey, how, how, how can I lose to Tariko? <laughs> well, don't you don't want to lose. And here they are, I, Steve. I, would, I couldn't have gone home. Oh, and here we are. <laughs> okay, let's paint this picture for the audio listeners. Okay, this should be the cover art if it's not. Well, I know Chico did the cover art. I'm just adding that. So now the four hosts of Monday Night Football... Chris Berman, Steve Young, and uh, Michael Irvin, and Tom Jackson, their big head Halloween Derby counterparts have come behind them. This is the fuel of nightmares. Uh, I could have gone home. <laughs> and here we are. Life. <laughs> Imitation oh, is all life here, huh? The promotion of it all. Oh! Rowdy friends are here on Monday night. You and I gotta have Good a job, job guys. Got to run Steve, <laughs> you're a Hall of Famer, and now this. Uh, uh, I don't know what to say, really, Boomer. I, uh, yeah, I've had some great days here at the Metrodome. This might be the best of all. However, <laughs> you know who's having a good day? That Tom, there you are. He's a handsome man. <laughs> you played linebacker with a single bar? I didn't know that. Oh, See, even Chris is questioning the accuracy of these helmets. It's not just us. Doing a quick search on Google, I do not see any images of Tom Jackson 
wearing a one bar helmet. Oh. Now, admittedly, I'm not looking at specific dates. And there's a lot of uh, football cards. But I do not see anything that looks like a single bar helmet. That's a shame. Well, Mike, what do you have to say about this ESPN Halloween Derby? Why couldn't they do it again? I mean, I know it's been 17 years since they did this. It was a one-time thing. And I think the kids nowadays, they'd like to see a Joe Buck costumed head and uh, a Troy Aikman costumed head. Or an Adam Schefter costumed head. Anything like that. Absolutely. For 2026, for the 20th anniversary, we need to have the second ESPN Halloween Derby. Yeah, good luck with that. And the thing is, they could just get the old heads out of storage if they still have them. Because I'm going to presume in three years, Kornheiser will still be there. And yeah, Tariqa moved on to Sunday Night Football. Berman is still there in some capacity. I think he does just... uh, primetime now or whatever's remaining a primetime he does the halftime highlights still okay there's one change it's it's not an addition per se but i think you could do some clever readjusting of the mike tarico head and you can get michael wilbon oh i got one great addition here booger my gosh and the thing is, with Booger, they could, like, build some sort of, like, apparatus that looks like the cart that wheeled him around on the sideline. They could build it as part of the costume. Just like, again, it was like a, a fire ladder attached to, like, wheels. They could just, like, build that out of, like, cardboard just to make it authentic. And then, even better, Greg, the Derby could have little tombstones of everybody who used to do Monday Night Football. So you have a tombstone for um, Jason Witten. You could have a tombstone for Joe Tessitore. Yeah, just think of the possibilities. Oh, look, there's a Dennis Miller. And, oh, my gosh, you know, there's a tombstone of Booger and then a tombstone of Booger's Booger Mobile. And there's a tombstone of John Gruden's coaching career. And I think there's also going to be one of Mike Mayock's career. Even though he didn't work for ESPN, but well, name, it's the Raiders. It, it's, yeah, it, it's it's open season on the Raiders at any time because they're such a crap organization. Who doesn't love Josh McDaniels kicking those field goals at the worst times, huh? Hey, just remember, Chandler Jones leveled Mac Jones on the final play in a game last year. And where's Chandler Jones now? Oh, here's an amazing revelation I just found out while re-watching that clip last week. Do you know who threw that lateral on New England to Chandler Jones that led to that moment? Who was that? Jacoby Myers. Oh, that's very interesting, given where Jacoby Myers plays now. Yes. Maybe he was, like, doing that in advance because he knew he was going to Vegas next year. Might as well. Oh, I'm going to gift you a win, guys. Here you go, Chandler. Just get me away from this Mac Jones person. He sucks so badly. 
And Bilashik is such a douche. You know, now that it's okay to piss on Bill Belichick's grave now in New England, because we all know he's probably done after this year. It's so great seeing it end like this. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, it's so great to see it end like this. Of course, the joke's going to be on us when he goes to, like, the Chargers or the Titans next year, but. I don't know if he's going to necessarily coach anymore because he's getting up there in age. Yeah, but I think he also wants to get that Shula record. Because, of course, he does. Yeah, 71 years old. Well, and actually, if he was to go anywhere, I think definitely the Chargers would be a really good fit because they have that good quarterback. Not implying that Tom Brady was a good quarterback, mind you. We're pretty much done with this. So the ESPN Halloween Derby in 2006, right before Halloween, ESPN in their first year of Monday Night Football gave us this hilarious and really stupid thing on TV. But it was a great thing on TV for us, for comedy, in 2023. It was memorable, absolutely. That's going to do it for this episode. But remember, you can always go to our website over at itwasthethingontv.com where you can listen to the 421 episodes that precede this episode. And we've got all sorts of great bonuses there, including mini-sodes, live shows, extended versions of previous episodes. We got everything at that website. And remember, we are on all social media, including Instagram, Threads, and Mastodon over at It Was A Thing On TV, except for Facebook, where we are at It Was A Thing On TV podcast. And you can subscribe to this podcast wherever fine podcasts can be streamed. You've heard Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeart, Audible, etc. And don't forget we are on YouTube where you can like and subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to hit the notification bell on YouTube to be informed of all future uploads on this channel, including what's coming up on the podcast next time. Well, Mike, Halloween is over. But we're going to be starting a special month relating to the 60th anniversary of a particular television program that's coming up and a big anniversary is coming up also for this show with the return of maybe one of the most beloved actors to ever step foot on this show and this is a show that is beloved around these parts yes not only here but across the pond where it originated and all over the world oh i meant on the podcast oh on this podcast yeah yeah, I know how much you love it. Chico loves it. Me, not as much as you guys love it, but I still enjoy it. That's right, folks. We are going to have a special month devoted to the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. And we will be starting with, well, we mentioned this person teased him. Well, what happens when he stars in a American version of a show that he did in England. And then what happens when we go to class? Huh? Are we going to the head of the class? No, wait, that was a couple of weeks ago. 
I just hope we're not going to visit roomies at this point. R.I.P. Burt Young. I'll tell you this. It was no class holes. And it wasn't that episode of Futurama where Fry bunks with a monkey. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I hear the laughter. Yeah. Well, you'll find more about those in our next installments of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here with more stuff next week. Wow! Well, Mike, to honor Steve Young's victory in the ESPN Halloween Derby, I figured I might as well show a particular moment against the Vikings by Steve Young, reenacted by someone that's very special to us. going all out, bringing the new 36-piece BK Chicken Fries box to your big old pigskin body. 36 chicken fries, wow. But I gotta say, that king, what hustle by him. The king sort of did the Steve Young dive into the end zone there. Oh, yeah. It was glorious. And 